Welcome into Pirate Basketball Overtime right here on the Sports Objective. Hey, the Pirates get find another way to win at 73-67. What a great night overall. It's not how you start, I guess. The Pirates are the theme for this year. It's how you finish. Pirates win at 73-67. Bubba, we've got a great show. You've outdone yourself. Two of my favorites, and they're on the screen right now. And it uh, means a lot to have them on as the Pirates are now not one, not two, but five and oh, five and oh, guys. Hard to believe, Bubba. Yeah, fired up about uh, the 5-0 and start for sure. They made a sweat tonight, um, but um, like we were talking off the air, this is a game in previous years that we would have lost. So uh, tip of the cap to Joe Dooley and company, finding a way to get it done once again. And uh, like you said, welcome in to East Carolina letter winners, Neil Punt and Tony Parham. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, I was thinking about you guys uh, earlier today, you two, and obviously uh, I wanted to start the show. Uh, obviously, we're going to break down the game. Pirates, again, a big a victor tonight, 73-67, 5-0. But I want to get your thoughts as former players, what you're witnessing unfolding. I don't know who wants to start, but it's got to feel special to see this team uh, playing. They're not playing their best, but they're playing enough and finding ways to win and being 5-0 and the best in the state. Um, well, I, I think this goes along with the times, you know, with, with, with the virus and everything com- coming about, just finding a way to navigate life and, and, and other aspects. And, and it, it seems like this group of pirates are finding a way to navigate games where, like we stated before we came on, that typically we would have found a way to lose the game. Um, I mean, you, you see them coming together where it, it showed in times during the game where they could just separated and folded their hats and be like, this is not our night, but they dug in, did the things they needed to do to, to, to pull out a victory. Absolutely. Five and O is five and O. Um, you know, no matter who you've played, you've won them all. You've won all of the ones that are in front of you. And like Tony said, you know, we've had a game cancel. We've been able to add a game with old dominion. Um, you know, I was never five and O at East Carolina. So we can see the talent levels there. Joe Dooley can always recruit. You know, I said three years ago when we, we first got hired, I said he's going to bring in talent if we just give him the time. So but the shame is with everything that's going on. I know that if we could have fans in Minji's right now, it'd be we'd be seeing record numbers in there, you know, and it'd be hype and going crazy. And that that's really the, the saddest thing I feel for the players because the work they've put in and Coach Dooley as well. You know, it'd be great if they could they could really be in there. You know what's funny, guys? It's the very fact I joke with the members of the media, and I've told these guys uh, we did a show together that how ironic would it be? I've said all along, I put my butt on the line. I said year three would be huge for Dooley. I've been saying that since he was hired. So far, I'm looking good so far, but it's not about me. I really don't care about me. Um, But now, isn't it weird how you see where this team is evolving? They're finally coming together, and there's no fans. I said, well, I guess TV, we'll just watch everything on TV or listen to Jeff Charles on the radio and Cy Seymour. If that's what it takes for this Pirates uh, team to finally get to the, the, the mountain, top of the mountain again. I mean, I remember guys uh, being a sophomore at East Carolina, going to Winston-Salem, playing on, uh, watching Lester Lions, the guys playing the tournament in 93. I was one of 50 uh, lucky students. I won the lottery, watched the game. I thought, man, uh, here we are, 93, won't be long, and – uh, we'll be right back in the big dance, and it's, it's another and another year, and another year, and another decade has gone by. And so, to see this program, I love college basketball, and I know how much you guys love the game. 
I've always said I can't understand why we're not better in college basketball when we were living in the state of North Carolina, Princeton, and, and Greenville. There's a lot of great players in Pitt County alone uh, that could come to Greenville. I just want to get you guys thought about where the program's going, and uh, we'll do it here in a few minutes. We'll break down the game. Well, I, I love I love the position that the program is in now. I mean, it, it, like you said, it typically it was going to take about three years for him to get – his players in and, and weed out the players that didn't really want to be here. Um, you're starting to see that, you know, his, his players are here. They're buying into what he's saying. They believe in what he's saying. But one thing I, I think helps this team, even without the fans, because I mean, Neil, you, you know, playing in Menjis, I, I will put Menjis up against any place in the country. Once, once that crowd starts rocking, it, they get behind you. It just gives you a whole different type of feel. But being that you don't have that and they're finding a way to generate their own energy and, and pull out games like this, like we said, typically in the past they would have lost, shows a lot of character in, in, in the team and what's going on. Yeah, I, I would echo that. You know, the fact that they're 5-0, and they've played, you know, the majority of their games other than one's been at home, and they found a way to, you know, have leads, fall behind, come back, uh, you know, they made it they made it interesting tonight, but uh, it just shows you, you know, I mean, they're, you know, I'm going to, you know, Jaden, we talked about two years ago, Jaden, and, you know, I always said someday Jaden's going to be, you know, we're going to look at Jaden. So remember when Jaden was the only thing the team had, you know, and now you look at, you know, I'm going to pump up my Texas boy, you know, Tristan Newton. I love that guy from El Paso. And now they got the the guy coming in next week or next year from here. You know the six seven kid that can that's a dead shooter. So they're getting some really good players that are, you know, here in Texas is a great basketball state. So they're recruiting all over to get those guys. And the fat guys, another thing that's great to mention. You know how you hear about coaches? They say, well, this guy is great in this area over here, or this guy is great over here, or up here, or down here. Man, Joe Dooley, if there, I think he knows every single high school in America, not to mention all the great coaches he has as far as every single one of those coaches is a great recruiter. And, uh, and to think that it's almost an unfair advantage that we have with all the coaches, all the people they know, and all the contacts. Every single member of the media that we have on nationally brags about Joe Dooley. I don't think they're just being nice because they're on our show. So that tells you something, um, you know, he saw me and I didn't, I only went on one visit. I went to East Carolina and that's it, you know, and uh, there's some memories of, you know, how that visit went, you know, I was down on fifth street struggling a little bit, but Hey, it worked. It got me there. So we're all good. Right. And, you know, uh, I heard Joe talking about the story the, uh, the other day on, on his show, um, this was back in the day when you could sign a national letter of intent on the spot. And I actually signed my national letter of intent at a gas station in Washington, D.C. Um, he came up, he met me because he, he knew, he knew um, a close friend of mine that was working me out, Troy Weaver, who's now the assistant GM. I mean, he's actually the GM of the Detroit Pistons now. Um, he, used to, he used to work me out. He used to work me out. Um, he knew Troy. They got a good relationship. And I had schools like St. Joe's, GW, um, uh, Richmond. But I took one visit. I took one visit to East Carolina. Talked. I talked to Coach Dooley numerous times. Coach Payne came to the house, and, and that was it. That's really cool, and the, and the rest is history. And the fact that you guys were kind of the one thing. I, another thing I thought about with both of you coming on, it was kind of um, unfortunate because Coach Dooley, uh, during your era, 
um, when he had the the season where it's like that season uh, before he's fired, a whole bunch of injuries, and then he gets fired. Now it's like this is weird, but it, it seems like there's been so many years that have passed. I understand all that, but it's kind of weird. It seems like he just picked up where he left off. It's almost like, in some respects, like that he never left. You know how much he loves Greenville, the program. He's such a great recruiter, and I think that. I don't know this to be the fact, but my gut feeling is he was really upset the way things happened and unfolded and getting fired. And he has something – he has a chip even bigger than the players and everybody else because he knew he was known as something big here. And then it just felt like the carpet it just got pulled right out from under him. Right. Well, one, one thing I can say about Coach, he, he, he's a competitor. I mean, even when we, we were we – were back in our day we were playing, he, he would challenge us to shooting games, hated to lose and things, things like that. But um, I, I believe he has a chip on his shoulder because because of the way the first the first go round ended. Um, it wasn't the way he he wanted it to end. He he knew things could be a whole lot better here. I mean, if if you look at it, he, he he's near a hotbed of basketball. I mean, you have South Carolina, Georgia, Florida to the, to the south. You have uh, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, North Carolina. You know, all within close distance and, and and there's a lot of talent in, in those areas and that was that was one of the things that 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 drove me to east carolina because you know being from the washington dc early area it was only a four and a half hour drive so it wasn't nothing for my parents to come down and, and see me but you know the exposure now is getting big because now games are on espn and things of that nature but you know that that's a that's an attractive draw being in, in an american conference knowing that you're on espn but also knowing that your family is within driving distance to come and see you. So he's in a nice area to recruit. It's just a matter of, of getting those recruits to basically buy in and see the vision that he has. Yeah. And, and coaches talked to this before, you know, he went from being in a, a one bid league. Now we're in a three, four, five bid league. So that's a huge advantage in recruiting as well. You don't have to win the regular season and then win the tournament. You know, if you have a heck of a regular season, you're going to get in when you're in the American versus being in the Colonial or, you know, in the, in the Atlantic Sun where he was down at Florida Gulf Coast. So, you know, he always said to, you know, to, to harp on what Tony was saying when in his initial press conference, he said, I really want to recruit this I-95 corridor. And, you know, he's done that and he's gone beyond that, too. So, um, yeah, it's just a matter of time. And I said this all along. I, I'm just excited for fans to be able to get in there and start supporting these guys. I feel that's when it's really, really going to take off once we can get into Minji's and we have that home home court advantage again. No question. I'll tell you one thing about Wilmington game on Monday night. I want to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, I want to get Bubba in, too, uh, breaking down the game. But uh, I was thinking about former players, so many great War on the Shore memories. Um, but, you know, I, I know that maybe they get up because it's East Carolina, and we talked about that on our previous show, of, I think, for the overtime about how – they probably get sick and tired of hearing about East Carolina because of so many people living in Wilmington and all over the East Coast and uh, and Eastern North Carolina. But um, that was a great win. And uh, the, I talk, I mean, they fought back and they fought again tonight. I guess that's one of the common themes for this club is this second half ball club, how they just find a way to win in the second half. And they're not starting. They did Monday night, but overall they haven't started the way they probably would like to. But I guess the old adage, just not how you start, it's how you finish. Exactly. That, I was just about to say that. I mean, it's, it's not how you start, it's, it's how you finish. I mean, like I said, this year is going to be different than any other year in basketball history. You know, it's it's, it's hard for 
18, 19, 20 year old kids to generate their own energy. I know when 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 I was playing, I, I fed off the crowd. And you know, I, I don't know how I would have responded playing in these times in an empty gym because it's just like it's 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 practice against another team. It's nothing in there, no noise. And you just have to generate your own your own enthusiasm, your own energy. And that's that's one thing that I see coming from the bench. Um they're, they're into the game. They're cheering the guys on. It's a lot of unselfish plays. Now, you know, people don't care who scores as long as we're winning. I know for me personally, you know, and I'm sure coach has changed a little bit um, in his practices and things like that. But practice back in the 90s was harder than the games. <laughs> and I think you see that now. You know, when they fall behind and they struggle at the end of the game, they realize we just went through a three-hour practice of doing this where he was on us and beating us down, and this is nothing. So it's, you know, he he's, he's a professional. He's a consummate professional. It's why he's well-known. He's got a national championship for a reason. I wanted to ask you, I'm glad you brought that up, Neil, the very fact of having – being the head uh, – sorry, the associate coach in Kansas with, uh, with Bill Self, um, that's got to breed, breed some confidence to him, knowing that he's with a program, a blue blood, and that look. And, he, and then he takes uh, goes to Florida Gulf Coast. He takes them to the big dance, and I mean East Carolina. It should be. I'm not saying it's a piece of cake, but in other words, he knows the blueprint of what it takes to to get that level. Absolutely, he won a first four game at Florida Gulf Coast. You know, up up in uh, Dayton, I believe it is where they have that. So. You know, they were high flying. He, he took over a program that, you know, would they go to the Elite Eight or, or Sweet 16 or something with their coach that went over to uh, USC, USC and he kept them right going. If you look at Florida Gulf Coast now, they've taken a step or two back since coach left and we've taken those steps forwards. So that tells you what kind of coach he is. Right. Um, I just like to jump in on that. One, one thing I, I can say about coach and it seemed like he, he he grew up with us his first go around. You know, he wasn't that much older than us. I mean, yeah, he, he was an he was assistant. He, he he knew coach knows his X and O's, but it's like he grew up and learned with us. That time that he spent with Kansas, it, it really I think it gave him a, a different outlook and you know, a different aspect on, on how you can do things better, especially you know, learning from somebody like Bill Self. I mean, one of the best coaches in America right now. And you you actually was with this guy, I, I want to say, was it about 10 years, something like that? I know it was a, it was a long, it was a long it time. Was yeah, it was a long time. So you're sitting up there and you're learning from one of the best. Now you venture out on your own. You take a, a, a program that hasn't been doing well in Florida Gulf Coast and then turn them into the darlings of the tournament for a year. And then you decide to you know take on another challenge and come back home to see if you can turn East Carolina around. And you just bring in all those experiences back, which – gives me confidence that it, it, it'll be sooner rather than later that East Carolina is near the top of, uh, of the American. No question okay. about it. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I was just going to make a quick point. I know you want to chime in. Uh, it's going to be great, guys, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's going to be great when I can finally meet you guys in person when we're at the big dance. And uh, I can't wait to see you, your guy. You, I, I think I'm going to watch you guys more just enjoying it because – uh, to see what coach has done. Yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting for it. I mean, I, I sat I sat here and, and every year it comes on I watch um, the uh, thirty for thirty on on Jim Valvano, 
And, oh. and, one th- and one thing his dad says to him, said to him when he made the tournament, he said, my bags are packed. So I'm telling coach right now, when we make the tournament, my bags are packed. <laughs> I'm right with you. I'll without you a doubt. Yep, without a doubt. Go ahead, bro. Well, Tony, I know you referenced Coach Joe Dooley's uh, radio show from Monday night uh, that I sent you the link to where he gave you a mention and talked about um, that, that story that you already shared with our listeners as far as where you signed your scholarship. Uh, but just talk about uh, – um, just talk about just how awesome that is to you know come back and get your degree. One of our loyal viewers and listeners, Johnny Gardner, chimed in saying congrats on the completion of your degree and what a tremendous accomplishment for you and your family. Um, it, it was it was real big. Um, you know, it, it's it's been t- twenty one years, twenty one years since I left school, and um, I always had it in my mind to go back to school. And finish my degree but it was it was like the longer i was away the harder it was for me to go back because i got away i had kids i started you know working in the school system and at that time it was it was like you had to go back to east carolina to to to, to finish right. um, because because i was i was doing a physical education degree so i had to go back and and do the classroom stuff um i i, I was probably like nine hours short of graduating so then the pandemic, the, the pandemic came, came around. My wife had me painting the house, putting together furniture. So I guess she got, she got tired of, of, of me doing stuff like that. So she said, why don't you look back into going to school? So I called Nita, my uh, Nita boys. Um, Cause she, she's always been on me about coming back and, and finishing school. And, and she stated that um, they have this new program, a BSUS program that, that allows you to tailor your degree to what you're doing. So being that I'm in the school system, it allowed me to, to take four classes, um, two leadership classes. Uh, um, I had to do a research paper and just a, a class on the BSUS program to finish my degree. And, and um, it, it, it helped me. I took two in the summer and I just finished up my last two um, to, to, to have the graduation on December 4th. Um, like I said, it's been 21 years, but I was afforded the opportunity to, to go back because of the circumstances. And I just took, took advantage of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge accomplishment because, um, I, I said it in an article in the daily reflector, sometimes I felt like a hypocrite talking to my kids, my own kids, and then kids at school telling them you need to finish school. You need to finish school. But here I was, in a situation where I didn't finish school. So now I can have those conversations and be more confident and tell them like, look, it took me 21 years, but ultimately I, I finished. Yeah, no doubt about it. Again, congratulations on that. Uh, and on what you referenced on that's something I knew East Carolina is big in distance education, but I did not uh, know they had that program as far as tailoring it to what you're currently doing. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I was working in the, in the school system. And so um, I, I have a bachelor's in science um, with a thematic core of educational services and human behavior, which allows me to, in, in, in layman terms, do things like be a dean of students and, and things of that nature in the school system, which I was already doing. But now it, it, it affords me the opportunity to, to make more money because now I have that degree attached to it. Really proud of you, Tony. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there in Pirate Nation like myself and Bubba and obviously Johnny and I know a teammate there with Neil, but uh, it's, a, it's a huge accomplishment. And I know there's a lot of us that we had, me in particular, 
I always talk about um, in East Carolina. I had terrible grades. I wish I could go back and, <laughs> but I probably would do worse. So um, I am. I've got to go back to school to get my master's. Uh, so thanks for the inspiration, and uh, certainly I'm very proud of you. There's, you know, we're all pirates. And so one great thing about our alma mater, and certainly with the, our fan base, is it seems like we are a big family. I know that's overused. Um, but it feels like a member of the family when you see that. It just made me, makes me so proud because you can tell how special it is to you and your family. And and when you're giving back to you, the students, that's a big deal. So congratulations on that. And uh, see, it is a great year. We have you get the degree. The Pirates are off to a great start and uh, a great way to end 2020 for sure. For sure. Everything's falling into place. <laughs> Speaking of bad grades, Tony actually gave me my first nickname in college. He called me double O because my GPA after my first semester was double O seven. You remember that? I wasn't going to bring that up, Neil. <laughs> it's not Neil punishing fun. Somehow I graduated, so it all worked out in the end. Right. I wasn't going to bring it up. You know, something, something's supposed to stay in the locker room. Appreciate <laughs> that. Appreciate it. Hey, but no, Neil, since you brought it up, uh, what? I'm sure Coach Dooley, didn't he have uh, a word or two for you? Well, three or four. Yeah, yeah he might have had a word. Nita was not – Nita was a little upset. Nita did a heck of a job getting me turned around. I was basically on double academic probation – if I hadn't been on a full ride scholarship, I would have been out of school. So basically, Nita, Coach Dooley, they, I, you know, they went upstairs and talked to Mike Hamrick and all that stuff and said, "Hey, we, basically, they said you got to have a straight B average this spring semester of your freshman year, or you're gone." And they, you know, double, double, uh, you know, going to uh, up there to Nita's office twice a week to do study hall, and they, you know. They worked on us all. So they worked on Tony for 21 years. They had to work on me hard for three and a half, four years, too. <laughs> they didn't give up on either one of us. Sure didn't. That's one thing I can say. They never gave up. I mean, Nita, Absolutely. I, I, I love Nita. Um, ever since I left school, I stayed in contact with Nita. And, and every time I would contact her, she would say, Tony, are you thinking about school? You thinking about she she always planted that seed in my head and she she never she never let her get away from it. I I love Nita. I text her to this day and tell her thank yeah. you. I I love you. And uh one of the Johnny has a question there for Neil uh Bubba there uh as far as the next game will be Wednesday night against uh, SMU and he's asking being that you're that's your neck of the woods Neil you're gonna be able to attend the game are they allowing fans? They are allowing fans at SMU. So uh, my son's graduating from the Army. He actually graduated today. He flies back on Monday, and then I have a son, another son who has a high school game on Tuesday, and then my middle schooler has a game on Wednesday. So I likely won't be able to go to the game on at SMU, but I am going to try to get up to uh, Wichita or we play down in at Tulane and then at Houston. So I'm going to try to get to one of those games on the road. No question about it. You know, you can look, guys, with the – I think, honestly, if I uh, if I were not an East Carolina guy looking at, you know, the whole American, um, there's a lot of good teams, obviously. Houston seems to be the one that is uh, a really tough one uh, for us. But the rest of them seem like, to be honest, that we can have a chance to win every single game beyond there's uh, a Houston game. So, I mean, and, and we don't – and another good thing about the Houston game – we don't play them until February, February 3rd. 
Mm-hmm. So that gives us a long time. It's not like we're playing the, the very first conference game. That We'll have a lot of conference games under our belt before we even play them. I think we played Tulane twice in like a week or a week and a half, something Great. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good game. It'll be a tough one, but on mm-hmm. the road. But you guys uh, know that uh, Joe Dooley's a competitor, and those guys, even though they haven't played well, we're still 5-0. And that's got to that's got to say something going into that first conference game next Wednesday night. Right, it, it says a lot. It, it, it gives you a whole lot of a whole lot of confidence. And uh, I, I be talking to a buddy of mine all the time, and we talk about college basketball. And, and one thing I can say, rankings don't mean anything right now because whatever advantage that you had, home court advantage, um, that's that's all out the window. I mean, you look you look at a team like Duke. Duke is normally twelve points up before the ball is thrown in the air. But now that there's no fans, the camera crazies and I did to rattle the other team, you know, it, it, it comes down to who is more locked in at that particular moment in time that's going to get that win. So the way things are going right now, I, I feel real confident with East Carolina playing anybody as long as they do the things they're capable of doing and just, you know, stick to the game plan because on any given night, anybody can be beaten and, and basically all home court advantages is taken away right now. Absolutely. COVID has leveled the playing field, uh, to say the least, from power five to our power six. You look at Coach K's complaining. He's basically saying, you know, let's end the season. Why are we even playing? Because he doesn't have the fans, you know. So he's a hell of a coach. I'm not saying he's not a good coach, but you put the Duke mystique where people would walk in there. Like Tony said, you're 12, 14, 15 points down just to start the game. So, you know. It's uh, we're gonna move along, and I, I, you know, you say Houston, we can beat Houston too. Why not? You know, Houston, those kids are gonna look at us and say East Carolina. Who's East Carolina? So they're gonna come into Greenville. They're gonna have a real tough time getting up and getting ready for it. So you know, we can jump on anybody. Neil, you brought up something I wanted to get to you and uh, Tony uh, y'all's perspective on uh, regarding Coach K's comments, his former players. Um, what's y'all's take on it? Obviously, every situation's different. E- each coach has a different uh, thought on that. Um, you heard Coach Dooley in his post game comments, and we'll hear those here in a few minutes. Um, Coach Dooley was just saying it's not like we're frontline workers. Yes, we're making sacrifices, but at the end of the day, we're playing basketball. So what do you guys think? I'll start with you, Neil. I mean, those kids deserve to play the games. They're still going to school. They're still going to practice. They're going to study hall. They're going to class. You know, they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing. And I don't know what I would do if I was there. And you don't even know. Like, you know, I, I didn't even know the ODU, o, o, the Old Dominion game got canceled you know they just don't know are you going to play or are you not going to play and that's all the way up till the tip you don't know what you're going to do so the fact that he can keep these kids you know motivated and focused and able to have an undefeated record regardless of who you've played uh you know really says something to the program and the people he's brought in here the kids he's brought in uh the, the level of class that he's recruiting uh, it just really says something. So I, I, if it were me, I'd want to play. Obviously, I want to be safe, but you know, I'd want to play. And uh, you know, you play it to the best, and you, you know, you play the hand that you, the hand that's been dealt. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with Neil. I mean, if I if if I was still playing, I, I would want to play the games. Um, you just have to make sure that that you're doing everything that you humanly possibly can to be safe. Because not only does it affect you, it affects others. <clears throat> and I, I would hate to be the cause of 
why my team could not play. So you, you have to be real conscious of the people that you're around. Um, like I said, I, I would want to play and I probably just stay in, stay in my apartment until it was time to go to practice or, or go to games. But if you look at it right now, colleges are like a, a, a mini NBA bubble because there's nobody on campus. They're by themselves. So they're safer in this environment than they would be if, if students were around. So as long, like I said, as long as they're doing what they, they supposed to do and they're staying safe, I don't see why any, any, any game should be, be, be canceled or the season should be canceled because I mean, these kids, these kids earned it, you know, and I think they're doing a heck of a job doing the things that are necessary to, to, to make sure that the season still goes on. Guys, another thing that comes to mind too, knowing as a guy who has been through, where a program didn't have a uh, football team at high school for a year. Um, people that don't know sports that are making decisions about sports. I'm not talking about, obviously John Gilbert knows a lot of the guys that are, I'm talking about the people that are the presidents, the chancellors and people that are not, you take a school and you don't have a program for a year. It took us about four years to turn that thing around for just one season missed. So keep in mind that not only we were playing for this year, in uh, in uh, 20 and 21 but the season's um, down the line if you're looking at Dooley he's trying to build a program you know Duke and Carolina and all the other blue bloods uh, they'll bounce back pretty quick but he's trying to, uh, to climb to the mountain so you start off 5-0 and oh, and then all of a sudden say wait a minute we got to pause for a few weeks or we got to cancel the season I mean that's crazy plus as far as the NCAA tournament's concerned as a fan um, I want to watch my tournament and then the other thing is uh, the very fact that um, this could be the year that crazy things have happened <laughs> with this COVID thing. It might be to our benefit. Who knows? I mean, I really believe this team has the potential, um, a bubble team for the NIT. I've said it uh, for a long time, or last handful of months. I really believe in Dooley, and I believe in these players. There's a lot of athletes on the team now. And the other thing is, uh, Tony, get your perspective of this, Neil, too. But it seems like now with this, uh, the current group we have now, before we didn't have the shooters, but now we got guys that really make you scared because if you're the opposing team, you see a guy with a, with a hand like a Newton, uh, I mean, you could go on and on, and then you have a young kid like Farrakhan. My gosh, she's going to score a lot of points in East Carolina. Right. Um, I, I actually text Dooley uh, the day Farrakhan signed, and I, I said, how did you do it? Because this kid was highly rated coming out of high school. And just to, to, to fathom the fact that he would even consider East Carolina. I mean, he told me the story behind it. I'm not going to get into it. But, you know, that, that, shows, that shows how relentless he is. He, he can get players. But I think, I think the players now are afforded the opportunity that, that we didn't have, you know, with the, the new practice uh, center and everything attached to, attached to the arena. I mean, I sit back and I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous because – we would have to go. We couldn't even go into Menji's and 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 shoot around or do anything like that because volleyball was using it. So we would have to go down to the old Christianbury until they actually build the rec center in order for us to go and and work out, play five on five. So these kids, you know, they have they have the code to get in. They call, call a manager, and I don't. I, I see why they're shooting the ball the way that they're shooting because you can tell that they're putting in work. I mean, and this is the perfect opportunity because you don't have anything to do around Greenville right now. So. You live in a gym, but um, I, I think that 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 practice facility has really helped with a lot of things going on, and, and you can you can see it showing right now. Absolutely, our practice times, Tony, like you said, would change 
one week we'd be early, one week we'd be late because we'd have to swap with the girls. And then during at graduation or concerts or whatever was going on, we'd be practicing at Rose High School, Connolly High School. We'd be going all over Christianberry. We did a pregame shoot around at the rec center one time, you know, at the student rec center. We even had to practice at the at the uh, what's what's the school behind uh, Scott Hall, the little middle school. We had yeah. practice over. We had to practice over I there. Forgot about that. Yeah. So we were all over the place. We were. I'm surprised we didn't back when they had basketball courts on College Hill. I'm surprised we didn't practice up there. <laughs> that's a good point. A good point. But that's uh, you were talking about earlier about um, this. This league is so great with American and having. Uh, I, I have my big screen behind me uh, had the game on and I was just thinking about that very fact of how far this program has come. The very fact that I can have ESPN plus the ESPN app, I've got a 65 inch screen and I'm watching the pirates. I was like, man, this is like the, I was thinking about the early, the game I'm upset about the game, but I was going, this is like the super bowl for me because you guys were playing George Mason, American, the CAA tournament. Uh, or maybe WITN, but otherwise we didn't have like now I'm getting spoiled because it's on every. It seems like almost every game is on television now for East Carolina. I mean, who would have ever thought that? Right. I, I mean, like I say, I'm, I'm jealous because back in my time, just before Neil came, we were always on home team sports, which wasn't right. really big. I mean, the biggest thing for us was well, I forgot who we were playing, but ESPN two came and did a, actually did a game in Greenville, and that was like the biggest thing that happened to us, but just seeing the fact that the guys are afforded opportunity and being in the bigger conference in the American, you can turn on ESPN every day or go through the app and, and find the East Carolina game. I have no problems finding the East Carolina game. Whereas before I would look, couldn't find it. I would have to search the internet for box scores to see if we won, but it, I mean, it, it, it's good. And it, I'm proud to be a pirate right now, especially with the five and zero starting the way things are starting to look. And that yeah, all, totally, plays, yeah. into, and all yeah. plays into recruiting. You know, hey, you we don't have to go play a game. And, you know, I came from Minnesota. My parents were like, when are we ever going to see him play? You know, we went and played in St. Louis. We went and played up at Wisconsin Green Bay. And it was like, you know, now it's like you go anywhere in the country as a kid and your your whole family can watch you play every game. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you brought up that game that was on ESPN, too. Now, was that the George Mason game? Because obviously the George Mason game was on TV because – I know that was a, a weeknight game that my family and I weren't able to attend. Were you baked in the three to win it? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what game it was. I, I, I just I just remember ESPN2 being there, and it, it was a big thing. I mean, if I can go through the crates and look at the old VHS tapes, I probably can tell you which game it was. But off the top of my head, I don't, I don't remember. But you do remember that Mason game that I'm talking about, right, in, in Minji's where you banked in the three? I remember it down to the final seconds because, you know, playing a Paul Westhead team, um, they just ran you relentlessly. I mean, you were tied by the by the 10-minute mark of the first half from all the running. Um, we, were, we were up. We were up majority of the game. Then it came down to the final minutes, and um, they started coming back. And I, the reason I remember is because I made the turnover that allowed them to go down and score to take the lead. And then they, they uh, we come down – we uh we tied up and then we go down and we we foul them. They make one of two free throws with I think it was like five seconds left. They missed the second one. I get an outlet on the wing. I race down the court. Honestly, to this day, I tell everybody I wasn't trying to make the shot. I was trying to draw a foul, and it just so happened that I threw it up. It banked in off the backboard, and we ended up winning by two. 
Uh, Tony, um, just we've talked about Noah Farrakhan, uh, what a talent he is, and just what's your take on the Pirate Guards as a whole? I, I think that I think they're steady, and I, I think one thing that that helps is, is you know Coach Dooley being a guard. Um, you, you can see a lot of his influence on them uh, as far as taking care of the ball, you know, being being cognizant of, of time and score, and 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 basically how to run a team. Um, they, they're real steady. They're real steady. I don't see anybody trying to do nothing that they um, that they can't do. You know, everybody is 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 basically staying in their own little lane. You know, I like the way the guys are looking because as well as Jalen's playing right now, I mean, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is how well your guards play, how well they protect the ball, how well they shoot the ball is going to determine how many good looks Jalen Gardner gets throughout the the course of a game. Yeah, and uh, Tristan Newton, eight assists tonight. Um, That's two consecutive games uh, where – where I think he had eight assists um, and only a couple turnovers and did such a tremendous job last year and assisted turnover ratio and a freshman in the, in the American of uh, nearly two to one. Uh, so he's well on his way there again. And um, we haven't even seen him shoot the ball the way he can. Uh, today. Right. Um, that, that that's that's big in college basketball. The how how well your assist to turnover ratio is. I mean, it, it shows that he he values the basketball. Um, he's he, he's not as as Coach Dooley used to tell me, don't be loose with the basketball. He he, he values it. Um, he, he's strong with it, and he's an excellent decision maker. And then JJ Miles and six out of seven against Winston Wilmington tonight. He had another big night. Uh, 16 points and three for three. So he's done out of his last 10 from beyond the arc. I think that that, that goes into, that goes into uh, the work that, they, that they're putting in, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it's nothing to do right now, but work on your basketball and you don't even have school work right now. You're on, you're on, you're on Christmas break. So the only thing you have to do is, 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 is work on your game, practice and play games. And it, you can tell in his in his game is, is really showing. Like you said, I, I think he said he was six for seven against against Wilmington. That, that that's that's hard to do in practice, and he's actually doing it in live game competition. Yeah, Tony, I was going to say that you guys were talking about earlier that the practices were harder than than the actual games, so it probably is easier for them to play the games than than the practice right, right. now. It, 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 one thing about Coach Dooley, um, like Neil said, he makes practices harder than what you're going to actually see in the game. And I'm pretty sure, you know, they're, they're scouting these teams. They know what these teams want to do. And they're putting them in situations that that they're they're not realistically going to see in the game. But if you can accomplish tackling it in practice, then when it comes game time, it's going to be that much easier. I'll throw you a prime example. We played George Mason. They tried to get a, They tried to get a shot every seven seconds. So what Coach Dooley would do would have have us run a play. He would have a guy out of bounds with the with the basketball. He would have two guys out of bounds at the free throw line, two guys out of bounds at half court, and one all the way down. As soon as that ball went in, they outletted the ball and was going down trying to score, and we had to try to sprint back and stop him. Now, realistically, in a game, it's not going to happen that way, but if we can do it in practice where we're slowing them down, at least in practice, then when it comes time to the game, we're like, what you guys are doing now is not what we went through for two and a half hours in practice. So we can figure it out. 
So he puts you in positions that are tough in practice, but when it comes down to it, it's a game time situation. And you, 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 you realize what you went through in practice is, is nothing compared to what you're going to see in the game. And obviously tonight, guys, with uh, UNF North Florida, they're they're now 0-7, but they were 0-6 coming in tonight. We knew that they would be a lot better than their record. I think they're, they've are they lost, uh, obviously, some talent on the team. And uh, and certainly, uh, I think it was Florida Atlantic, they lost early in the week by two points. So they've been competitive in games, just can't find a way to win. But the one thing about this team I'm noticing is that it almost seems like last year, you had a lot of injuries last year before preseason. Then you're trying to get 11 new guys to play with Jaden, basically. So it seemed like a COVID year was for us was more like last year. And they kind of had like a practice year last year. And now it's, it's adversity. Yes, but they're, they're a solid unit. I mean, I, I can't imagine going through COVID-19 in your college years, much less playing ball and I always brag about you guys being student athletes, the very fact that um, that you guys have it rough because you've got a, all the weightlifting, all the exercising and, you know, keeping your body in shape. Then you have, you know, all season workouts, this, that and the other. Then you have the actual practices, the games. I don't know how you I don't know how you guys did it. I really don't uh, with the, the schedule. People don't realize it. Back in our day, we were riding on buses, too. We weren't flying private planes. <laughs> so we'd go up to DC and we'd be up there for we'd we'd play all three teams. So we'd go from James Madison to George Mason to Americans. We'd be up there for a week, you know, and Anita and they'd all come on the road with us and we'd have study hall on the road. And you know, it, if we played bad to talk get back to Coach Dooley and his practices, if we played bad, say we played at James Madison and played bad for the five, six hour ride home, all we thought about was is he gonna make us practice when we get home at two or three in the morning? Like that was a serious concern. And then he would stand up in front of the bus when we pulled up to Minji's after our trip. And he'd say one of two things, you're off tomorrow, go to class or get your ass in the gym right now. Go to the locker room. Wow. <laughs> that, that's something. Yeah, go ahead. Kind of in on Dave's point, as far as for Florida is concerned, um, they had faced NC State, Florida State, Miami, and Coach Dooley referenced that in his post-game remarks, just saying those guys obviously weren't going to be intimidated whatsoever coming into Minji's tonight. And to be honest, tonight's game went uh, much how I thought it would. I thought it would be a 40-minute game, and it most definitely was that. And, um, and Neil, you, you bring up a good point as far as the, the bus mileage and hours. Uh, North Florida has traveled 3,800 miles so far this season and 3,100 on a bus. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I, I can – They're like a minor league baseball team and then some. Yeah, they're like the Globetrotters. I I mean, like I said, I mean, I I know that has to take a toll on on their their body. I mean, just think about it. You're sitting on a bus and you're riding. I I remember going to – App State up in the mountains. It, it mm-hmm. seemed like it took forever to ride on that bus. I mean, but you're on a bus. Everybody has their own seat, but you're not comfortable. You're not comfortable. You can't really stretch out. So that that had to be rough for them. But you know, like you said, they 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 played some tough teams and played them played them tough. And like I said before, this season is going to come down. And and I hope Coach Dooley just keeps banging this on the head with with, with our Pirates. It's going to come down who is mentally tough. That's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day, because you're not going to have the distractions of 
10 to 12,000 people yelling at you, trying to distract you, you know, can you generate your own energy? Can you generate your own energy, energy, keep your turnovers down and do the things that you know that you can do? Because it's a fair, it's a fair playing field across the board right now. You know, and I find a lot of teams that, that, that have experience are finding ways to, 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 to pull games out. I mean, you look at Kentucky, Kentucky has, everybody in America on their team, but they're struggling right now because they're young and you find these mid major teams that have experience that have been through the wars uh, and, and are pulling games out. And and hopefully, like you said, last year, it was kind of like our COVID year with, with the 11 new players in, in, in Gardner that we've been through that. So we're, we're, we're a year ahead of the curve. So right. we know, we know what it's like to, to go through something tough like that. And this, I'm not saying it should be easy, but it it shouldn't bother us like it bothers other people because we had tough times last year. And you look at guys, uh, I know you guys have been in the war, so to speak, playing, being former players and, and nagging injuries and stuff. But you look at Tremont Robinson White, I call him TRW. TRW, he wasn't even 100% last year. And it's amazing the cuts he was making to the basket. And Dooley, I think it was like in February earlier this year, he said, he said, guys, he's only like 80%. I'm like, he's only 80%? Um, but he wasn't even 100% the whole season last year. And our backcourt, we didn't have our backcourt for a long time. Um, and it, it just goes to show you that the adversity we had last year and then the chemistry of having 11 new guys trying to get that, you know, guys playing together. I think it's funny. There's a lot of people that that don't know the game of basketball, and I'm not an expert on basketball, but I am smart enough to know just because you're great players, just look at the NBA. You can put professionals together and you can put some of the best guys in the world together. Um, but if they haven't played together, then that doesn't mean they're going to win a championship just because they're great individually. Absolutely. And, yeah. and another thing that Coach Dooley's good at is he doesn't need to have the five star and the four star recruits. He'll take a two and a three and turn them into a four and a five, you know. Um, and that says a lot about who he is, too. And he knew what he was getting into here. And he said that in his, you know, his initial press conference three years ago. So, you know, it, it's coming along. It's it's looking great. I'd, I'd be shocked if we're not in the middle of the pack, you know, conference by the end of the year. That's just my my opinion, watching this team and watching how resilient they are and watching what they're going through. So you're eligible. We found out for uh, for the tournament or for a postseason tournament, if you played 13 games. So. Uh, we've already played five. We're five and zero. Oh. Uh, do you guys see us playing in an NIT? Is that is that really crazy for me to believe that? No, it, it, it's it's not crazy. And and you're saying NIT? Yeah, I, see. I, I, I I'm believing they can go to the dance this year. Just okay. off the simple fact, just off the simple fact of, of, of like I said, things that are that are going on. You know, I, I, in a, in a normal year, I feel like we probably would would, would struggle with Houston. Because of you know the, the playing field and the fans and stuff like that, but I believe if we are locked in at, at, at every game, I mean we're gonna have some bumps in the road, but if we are locked in every game, the playing field is even. Yeah, Houston is is what 17th in the country or something like that, but on any given day, Houston can 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 lose. Houston can have a bad game. And a team like East Carolina, who's playing well and, and all they're doing is, is building momentum going into games like that. I think they're better suited for the situation because the pressure is going to be on Houston, not going to be on us. 
and we're finding that we're finding ways to oh Houston is seventh. Okay. So they they're um we're finding ways to win games that we would have lost in the past. And that says a lot right now. So I'm not I'm not looking at NIT. I think I think we can be probably top five in, in the in the American conference right now. You look That's at true. the NCAA tournament, historically, the teams that have had success in the tournament, basketball is still a team sport, right? So you get those teams like your Princetons and your Ionas and teams like that that get in there that are older teams that have played together and they don't really have the big superstar type players that demand the ball. They play the offense and they play the game and they can beat those teams. And that's East Carolina has that this year. You can, it's night and day just turning on the TV and watching them play and the talent and how well they play together and a rebound. And the biggest thing I'm seeing is just the shooting. Take out the fact that they shot 60%, you know, from three in the first half at Wilmington. I mean, I think they shot what 40, 40, 41% from three today. So even that today, they may struggle a little bit still that's better than they've been historically. So they're, you know, they're coming up. No question about it. And guys, the, uh, you know, it's one thing to uh, it's one thing to miss shots, but especially in the past, the last couple of years, we've missed shots with wide open shots. I mean, nobody's expecting you, uh, as you guys know, nobody's saying that we expect them to make 100 percent of their shots. Uh, that would be nice, uh, but we're not delusional. But when you have there's not that many open looks and when you get the open look, you've got to drain it. Right. I mean, you guys are competitors. Right. And, and that, that's like Neil said, that's the big difference that 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 I see in this team. They're making shots. And you stand, you can beat anybody on any given day as long as you're making shots. But one one thing that was always taught to me, and this this goes from when I was younger, that defense travels. Your offense might struggle, but if you're locked in on defense and you stop a team from scoring, it all you need to do is score one more point than they do. So that's that's a big thing right there. I, I think what you see in in the, in in the second half of games is when they need the big defense to stop, they're, they're finding a way to, to get it. Now, if they just can be consistent and, and, and string together more stops, that, that'll just build their confidence. Like, hey, you know, we've done it before. We've put together we, – we've been in a situation where we put together five or six stops and came down to score four of those five times. So let, let's, let's start doing it now. So that's what I see. That's what I see in, in the second half of basketball games now, that they're finding a way to get stops. And it, this is just a different East Carolina. Um, like I, like we've been talking about it all night. These are games that in the past, historically, we lose. But we're finding ways to, to win them now. All right. So, well, uh, a guy that you know very well, we have uh, post-game audio uh, right above with Coach Dooley. Yeah, and we'll get Coach Dooley's remarks. And uh, let's go to those right now. Guys, we'll let the coach take a comment, and we'll take questions. Well, I, I thought there was a, a couple spurts where we, we did some really good things. I thought there was a couple spurts where our, uh, we didn't pay attention to scatter report or, or, or do some of the things that we wanted to do offensively. And those two those spurts were too long. Uh, the, the spurts that we played like we were capable of were too short. We need to get that uh, corrected quickly. And we did make some plays at the end. Uh, in a, you know, almost twisted way. We are getting to work on some special situations at the end of the game. So you, we, we've seen some things you might not normally see in practice, which I think will help in the long run. And, um, you know, we, we've got some things to correct tomorrow and Saturday and get ready for SMU on Wednesday. Can you just talk about 
closing out the final minute strong, especially starting with Brandon's, you know, go ahead, bucket on the trout. Well, it was a good, you know, guy got on the side of him, did a good job of straight line drive and finished at the rim. Uh, we, you know, we were fortunate they, they bobbled the ball and we were able to get it. And, and uh, I did think that our, our defense was a little better the last couple minutes. I believe it was a 12 6 run after we were down one last 344. And uh, the Brandon shot was a big shot. And then a couple back to back stops really helped us. Hey, this is the second game where Jaden Gardner's had some foul trouble. I guess the positive of that is different guys have had to step up at different times. Is that what you can maybe take away from that from JJ and different guys? Yeah, that, that is. And we also need to get Jaden to understand positional defense will not, you know, you won't foul. If you're at the level of the ball or just stay in front of it or, or don't reach or don't put, you know, tag it higher. A lot of the fouls are also positional things that if we can tighten that up on, on his defensive end, he won't foul. And, you know, you're always, I think a lot of times when you're afraid to foul, you foul even more. And I did think that, that we did have some people step up. I think that Noah and JJ again, you know, I thought Noah gave us really good minutes. I thought JJ gave us some good minutes. Uh, I thought those guys, and I thought Brandon Suggs played well tonight. Coach, this is some of the best ball movement we've seen from the East Carolina team in some time. You get to the stripe with regularity again tonight. Uh, talk about how things are going for you guys offensively and, and uh, how you feel about how things are going so far. I think you're right in one one regard. We had 21 assists and 25 uh, on 25, 21 assists and 25 uh, free uh, field goals. But I, I you know, I'll, I count bad shots as turnovers. So we we had eight or nine shots that there was no reason for us to shoot. So that's the same. I mean, now we're at we had 11, which is winning number. But that's 20 because of the nine bad shots. You know, we can't drive into the paint with no game plan and, and try to you know shoot the ball through four or five guys. That doesn't work anytime. So we'll get that fixed. Uh, good shots win games. We, we took a bunch of ones at the rim. I think we're very good, but uh, the, the ball has moved better. The, for the most part, we are in subs, and our assist turnover ratio is pretty good. Hey, this week, Coach, uh, with Coach K, obviously got some headlines on, on kind of his thoughts on where college basketball is at. And it seems like coaches are speaking out. It's the holidays and whatnot. I mean, Y'all are playing really well. Really well. Where are you kind of at with? Just resetting. I'm sure you want to play, and guys want to play. How do you think things are going from where it's at? As well as it can go. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and everything is not normal. I think that the, the you know, I say to our guys all the time, you, you know, we're making sacrifices, but we're not frontline responders. I mean, we're we're playing basketball. You've got great medical care. Uh, if we want to play. The, the, every one of us has a choice whether to be here or not be. You know, these guys, the players can opt out. The coaches can opt out. Um, it's been known to those guys. We've made mention to those guys a number of times they can do it. And uh, I do think that they are making sacrifices to, you know, about their family, but they're also getting rewarded because they get to play a game that they love. They get the opportunity to play a game that they love. Um, you know, we, we, I like our team. I like being around them. Uh, it's no fun for some of us on some of these situations. The flip side of that is we get to play the game that, that we want to, that we want to play. And, uh, you know, like I'm saying, we're these guys. We're not first responders. We're just playing basketball. You know, it's we're, that's it's not that complicated. Coach, I know that there's always stuff you guys want to clean up as coaches. But five and zero at this point, going in the conference play. I mean, how much does that help the confidence? And where do you kind of think this team is right now? We one of the things in learning how to win is understanding that you can't play the same way every game. That doesn't mean you have the same game plan. It's the same approach. I think one of the things, and when you're a coach, I think we you need we need to be harder when you're being successful because the, the most natural thing to do is to take your foot off the gas a little bit. Now it's time to get better and to be harder. 
It's when you lose some games that you need to sort of finesse some things. So we we need to not feel not worry about you know we're five. We need to worry about getting the one and zero in the American. And now this this is past us. Let's go ahead and let's be mature. Let's figure out the things that we didn't do well. Some of the things that we see, and let's move on down the road from there and get ready for SMU. Coach, I was a little surprised about the way uh, North Florida came in here and played as well as they did tonight. Um, how do they compare to some of the teams that you've seen so far? And uh, what was your general take of, of of North Florida? They'll be a top half, top third of the team in the, in the Atlantic Sun. Uh, no, no disrespect to us, but they've already played at Florida State, NC State, and Miami. I mean, I don't think that the uh, the fear factor of, of uh, coming to play the Pirates was was you know like if, if I'm them, I'm looking at this is a game we can win. And that's the way you've got to approach it. And for our guys, you have to understand that that you know when you're when you're in their situation, that's that's just like let's get off the snide against these guys. That's the way you got it. And that's the way they did. I thought they played loose. I thought they played with a lot of energy. Um, and you know they're used to playing on the road. It, it doesn't it doesn't phase them. I think that's that's impressive. Coach got SMU right out of the gates. This is a team that's one of the going to be probably one of the top tier teams in the league. They're four zero right now. You both have a little bit of time to prepare for each other. What do you know about SMU so far? Uh, unbelievably balanced offensively. Four guys in double figure points. Offensively, very very efficient. Can score from all five spots. Uh, you know, a lot of experience. A lot of juniors and seniors in their lineup. They've been there with with uh, Tim for a number of years. I, I do like their. You know, is playing, you know, really well from looking at the numbers and uh, can really score from the backcourt. So they, the, the big thing that impresses me is their, their offensive numbers. Coach, can you talk about tonight? I know it's an individual step, but with Jaden Gardner passing Lester Lyons, the fastest to score 1,200 points. I know you were assistant coach under Eddie Payne with Lester Lyons and with Jaden tonight. I know it's got to be a special moment for Jaden, and I know there's a lot of work to do for the team, but a special moment for him. Now you look back on these things; those are cool deals. I mean, and you, know, you look back and you, you know you coach Lester and the success he had in his career, and obviously uh, Jaden's success so far. But you know, it, it's, it's even you know it, those are things to look back later. You know, right now it's, we'll, we'll worry about that stuff at the end of the season. Let's try to get better and win some games and worry about all those other things later. Anybody else, guys? Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks. Good night. Coach Joe Dooley, post game after a big win, a UNF 73-67 Pirates win again. And guys, uh, I know you played before uh, 1,200 points. Uh, only the uh, Bubba, that's only the 10th player to do it. Was, yeah, so he, he's right. the, he's the, if not the only. Uh, I, I take that back. It is the tenth player um, to do it, and um, now he is at twelve sixteen and uh, twenty points behind Brock Young, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Okay, so and they're still it's still early in the season, so um, impressive for him. Uh, Lester had the record with uh, seventy four games. I think he was at sixty. I think it was at sixty eight games uh, tonight. He's played in his career, so. A big deal, and uh, I know that's good for our program too to have guys like him because uh, he—I mean, it is the elephant in the room. He's the guy that helped turn this thing, thing around, and he could have gone anywhere. Lebo recruited him, and then he stuck with Coach Joe Dooley. Comes in, made a huge impact early on. Uh, look at the the stats on the screen. But for those listening, first five and zero start since 2012-13. It's the third five and zero start in modern history. He had o two o three. 
and uh, 12 and 13. Gardner tops 1,200 faster than any other player we talked about, 10th all-time uh, with 12, uh, 16, Brock Young, 1,232 points. So, guys, uh, Gardner is a, a guy that uh, has taken the, this program, helped right the ship, so to speak. And now, um, but the good thing about him, I've always heard about him. He talked about with me. Uh, we'll talk about him in just a second. But uh, he's a humble guy. He He's the first one in, the last one to leave. He's never been arrogant. You know, he's like the star player, but he doesn't act like the star and, you know, special privileges or anything like that. And uh, that, that's just really refreshing to see because a lot of times today with Sports Center and you see all these highlights and these guys, uh, it's a different era, so to speak. And it's good to see a guy that I think is old school, in my opinion, in some respects. Uh, Years ago, our concern was he was going to transfer because he was too good to be at ECU. And right. he immediately came and said, I'm going all four years at ECU. And we were like, oh, man, this kid ain't going to stay here. Like, you know, Joe Dooley hit the jackpot when he came here. You couldn't have asked for a better uh, cornerstone player to help make the transition uh, that's going to be here for four years. He's going to fly by 2,000 career points. He's he Depending where this program goes, where we all feel it'll go, he's going to go down as – he'll arguably go down as the greatest – basketball player to date at East Carolina. And that talks about your NBA guys, everybody. And one of the things about Jaden guys, uh, not that he had a, he obviously had a very good game tonight, 20 points and 12 rebounds, but he didn't have his a game. Um, You know, he set the bar so high for himself, but even when he doesn't have his a game, he just comes at you and comes at you and finds a way to get it done anyway. I, I enjoy watching him play. I mean, he's he's a blue collar worker. Like you can tell that nothing is 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 given to him. He he goes and takes and gets everything that he wants and that he he deserves. And he, you can tell that he's he's a relentless worker. He he's a relentless rebounder, and it, it seems like he's an excellent teammate. You know, I, I you see him out there talking to his teammates, encouraging them, and things of that nature. But when it comes down to it, they know. If they need a basket, who they're going to go to, and, and and more times than not, he finds a way to to deliver. I I, I love him. I love watching him play. Play right. have, me myself having played his position, and I know we want to get to his audio, but I have so much respect for the kid. He's not he's shorter than I am, you know, and I mean he's he's a talented guy. He's got all the talent in the world, but he has that Dennis Rodman sense to him. He knows where the ball is going to come off. He knows how the ball is going to come off the rim. He knows how to get his body right. He knows how to box people out. He's just, he's a, he's an outstanding basketball player. And we're, we're dang lucky to have him. No doubt. And Bubba, I know that uh, I'll pitch it to you. I know we're going to go to speaking of Jaden Gardner. Uh, we'll go to his post game audio right now. Yeah. Jaden had 20 points, 12 rebounds tonight. Uh, his 25th career double, double. And let's hear from Jaden right now. Jaden, another 20-point effort from you tonight. Uh, talk about your team and uh, being resilient down the stretch and finding a way to get your fifth straight win. Uh, I mean, it was, it was hard out there tonight. Um, multiple reasons. I mean, they're a very good team. They played Florida State, played Miami, played NC State. They're just coming to ECU thinking they're playing another team. So they have, they have all the experience and the confidence, and they played their hearts out tonight. But we ultimately came down and got the dub because all that matters to me. Jaden, as Brandon, this, but these late game situations going through those, how much do you think it, it will help you guys grow and get this experience throughout the season? 
uh, it helps a lot going through late game situations, uh, timely like free throw situations. Uh, he goes to the line one and one. They're down by one. He misses the first one. We get a rebound. I knock down two free throws. We go up by three. In late game situations, then we come back and we get a stop. So it's just things to work on that we simulate in practice, but we're not now experiencing that in the game. So that's gonna it's gonna hold uh, well in the future. And talk about the fact, I know this uh, doesn't matter to you right now, but maybe down after your career, uh, you actually the fastest player in ECU history to get 1,200 points. You beat a guy now that's the ECU Hall of Famer in Lester Lyons. Uh, how does it feel to get that accomplishment? It's just credited all of my coaches and my teammates uh, throughout my past three years, just always finding me. And um, it just uh, credit to myself for always working and staying humble. It's a, it's a nice uh, accolade to have, and uh, definitely look forward to the future to celebrating that. And uh, further down the line, we uh, hopefully many more. But yeah, it's very cool. I'm very fast, so I'm very humble, and um, it's a great honor to have such a great player. Hey, Jaden, I know at the beginning of the season we we asked about what it would be like to play in these empty kind of arenas and whatnot. I mean, y'all obviously are five and zero and enjoying playing at home. Uh, what has it been like now? I mean, y'all have gotten hot, but you've done it without a lot of fans here. I mean, it, something's working for y'all right at home, even though it's a kind of weird environment. I mean, it's good. Uh, the bench bench is way more live, lively than it's ever been. Uh, the guys starting defense chants, uh, getting hype at the shots, calling out plays. It's been it's been great for team bonding, and uh, and I think it's great that everyone's supportive, and no matter how many minutes you're playing, that everyone has a role. Everyone has a role in the team and feels like they're in the game. So it, it's been great and active. And when I've been out, I've been joining them on the bench. So it's, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. You miss the fans, I, I guess, at all, especially a game like this and oh, yeah. where it's close and overtime, that type thing. Miss the fans big time. I know they they probably sold out dates right now in Greenville. Um, if uh, they were able to attend 5-0, and coming to watch the Pirates, supporting us, they always love to support us. And uh, we, we, we got something for them to uh, see. It's must-see TV right now. Good. Thank you. Jaden Gardner, post-game comments. Pirates, of course, win 73-67 over UNF, North Florida. And, uh, guys, uh, what can you say? Again, another big game. And, you know, the Wilmington game, if you talk about Monday night, he was Mr. Clutch. He just took over that overtime, took the team on his back. And, uh, you know, even though, it, like Bubba was saying, what's cool about him, he doesn't have his best game, but yet he finds a way, especially the free throw line. If you foul the guy, he, he missed his last free throw, but I think, I don't know his actual stats for free throws, but it's pretty much automatic he's going to make both of them. You feel confident that he's going to make both of them when he's on the line. And that, 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 that's, that's huge that you have, because um, typically you don't find – Post players, uh, sorry, Neil, but you don't find a post player that are, uh, you know, real good free throw shooters. And right. I, I, I find that it's easier to get a basket going to the basket as opposed to trying to set something up to get a jump shot. So being that you can throw the ball into Jaden and, and let him go to work, one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to make the basket or he's going to get fouled, which is typically an automatic two, two points from the free throw line. So him making free throws is, is real big. Anytime you can mention me in the same sentence as Jaden Gardner, kids that scored <laughs> in two years more than I scored in four, I'll take it. 
Well, certainly the post play, that's something that's uh, with uh, four seven footers. We'll talk about that uh, at, at a later time. But uh, Bob, I know you got the, sc- the stats up on the screen. Yeah, I just thought about the, the final stats and with, with us referencing the free throw sh- shooting um, being so good. Uh, once again tonight, 75% as a team, 18 out of 24. Um, and then uh, you saw uh, North Florida shot them extremely well, very much like UNC Wilmington, North Florida. And when they went cold from three after a four for six start, uh, they used those free throws to stay in the ball game. And, uh, and uh, that really, really gave them a chance to pull out the road win tonight. But fortunately, it did not happen. And um, after four out of six uh, from three to begin the game, uh, they just went four out of their next 25. And really, um, it was only the uh, Burkhart kid that could do anything at all. I think the thing that stands out to me, if you if you're sitting there looking at it, you see 25 for 62 for 40 percent, but 21 assists on 25 field goals. That's excellent. Yeah, absolutely. That shows a team that's playing together and sharing the ball. And against UNC Wilmington guys, I don't remember how many made field goals we had, but we had 24 assists that night, Tony. So um, two consecutive games on where we had. Um, very good sharing of the basketball. Now we just have to, to clean up some of those careless turnovers and uh, some of the bad shots that Coach referenced in his post-game remarks. Right. Well, like you said, I mean, they're, they're five games in, and I'm pretty sure that the, the practice schedule and things of that nature has been impacted. Uh, but the, the 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 more you get into the season, the, the more I, I believe the more you'll see that the turnovers and things of that nature will cut down because they're starting to get more familiar with each other. But um, – I'm I'm proud of what I see. Um, there you see some of the individual numbers on Jaden Gardner, 20 and 12. Like I mentioned earlier, his 25th career double-double. Uh, J.J. Miles, once again, in double figures, 16 tonight, three out of three from three-point range. Uh, Brandon Suggs had a solid all-around game, uh, 10 points, five rebounds, five assists. And then Noah Farrakhan um, didn't quite reach double figures, but uh, he – his buckets were very big. They came uh, at times where North Florida was making runs, and uh, he was four out of six and nine points in 16 minutes. And then uh, Tristan Newton had those eight big assists. Right. I, um, one, one thing I, I can say is, is um, I believe at some point during, during the year, I don't know when it's going to happen, but Furcon is going to be a big difference in, in, in a few of these games coming down. I mean, you know, he's he, he, he's played 16 minutes tonight, but in 16 minutes you got nine points on four of six shooting. That, that's that's excellent for a freshman that's 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 not starting. Um he's 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 gonna he's gonna be a difference maker, I think, towards the latter the latter part of this year. Because one one thing I know just from watching him play in, in high school, the kid can score the basketball and he's real efficient. And so once he gets acclimated and you just work him into everything that's going on, that's just going to make ECU that much more dangerous. Tony, a guy, a name that I know you recognize, Tony, Adam Zagoria. He, he really covers college basketball um, and just basketball in general up in the Northeast. And we had him on when Noah signed with the Pirates and um, just he, he had nothing but glowing remarks and just said that, hey, don't let this guy's offensive numbers from the points per game fool you because, you know, he's playing on uh, teams that are absolutely loaded and he's not getting but so many shots. 
Right. And, and, and that just just seeing him play and, and, and seeing the talent that, that was around him and so seeing how he impacted the game. I mean, it's, it's more than scoring with him. He, he does all the little things. He gets everybody involved. But you can see at crucial points in the t- in, in the games that he was the difference maker. When they needed a basket, he was the one to go get it. And and I just think that that being having that confidence on a high school level with a loaded high school team only going to translate better to the college level. Absolutely. And he's dealing with the COVID situation. You know, it's not a normal situation for him. And, you know, the fact that he's putting up the numbers that he's putting up and even Coach Dooley made mention of it, that he's really a better shooter than they thought he was going to be as well. So that's just going to continue to improve. I'm, I'm excited about it, guys, because the very fact of uh, Coach Julie says a lot about him. And I know, Tony, you said the story, how in the world did you get him? It just uh, says a lot about the the fact this kid is coming to East Carolina. He was highly recruited. But I think the one thing that I want to get your take on this, and then we're going to go to Brandon Suggs and get his comments. So we'll ask you guys quickly. Um, back in the day, you know, you, you have the one-bid league like you're talking about. We didn't have – we talked about the exposure – that this club is getting now they didn't used to but now if you're east carolina i mean i'm sorry if you're a kid coming out of high school you joe dooley can look at you and say you're going to start or you if you don't start you're going to be like a noah farrakhan where eventually you will start and make a lot of points you know with east carolina you can come in right now greenville north carolina to a big boy league and make a huge difference where if you're another school you're going to be sitting on the bench you might be down the line it might be a good while before you ever play or even uh, start for that matter. I mean, I think that's that's a big selling point because a lot of young kids want to come in and they 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 want to play. Um, it's, it's it's hard for a kid to come in and knowing that you were the top player on your high school team to now you're going into college and it's like you're starting all over and you're, you're not getting many minutes. But what what Joe has going on here and that's a big selling point because you can look at a kid like Farrakhan and say, look, this kid was a you know, a highly rated coming out of high school. He's not a starter, but he plays big minutes for us right now. You can be that next person. So that's 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 how you start building the program and getting people to 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 buy into things that you're doing because you already have examples of what you're preaching to them when you're sitting down in their living room. Yeah, all the kids ask for is a chance, and he's going to give them a chance to compete. And you know, if you can go into their living room and say, "Hey, I can promise you, if you come into practice." do everything I ask you to do and you compete and practice, you're going to have a chance to play. And that's really all you can ask for as a, as a kid coming out of high school, especially coming to a, a school like East Carolina that, you know, plays in the power six and, you know, you're playing Memphis and Houston and, and all those teams. So, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for these young kids. No doubt. Bubba, I know that we're going now to, to Brandon Suggs' post-game comments. Yeah. Like I mentioned a moment ago, uh, Brandon had his second, Game of the season in double figures, 10 points, five rebounds, and five assists. And let's hear right now from the sophomore out of Powder Springs, Georgia. Well, Brandon, you guys obviously had a, a tough challenge today from North Florida. Just talk about being able to still make the, the plays down the stretch when it counted to go out with the victory. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, our team showed a lot of toughness, a lot of resilience. Even though like we was, we was struggling defensively tonight, but we was able to – Pulling up, get enough stops at the end of the game. We'll get the win. You're a drive and layup. Gave to gave the TCU its its last you know lead or kind of lead change 
in that five minutes at that moment, you know, if you go into the rim and kind of make it happen. Uh, yeah, um, we had a good one. JJ drove it real hard on the wing, forced rotation, they swung it in my head. And I just took what they gave me and just got an open layup and rotation. So, how surprising uh, was North Florida to you guys tonight as you play a team that's 0 6? They came here and played surprisingly well. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was surprising. We knew like a, real, a great shooting point in the team. Uh, we, it was just hard to run them off the line. But then we kind of we got a, we found out a, we figured out how to get enough stops at the end of the game to just get the wins. You know, we just got the wins all the matter. Brandon, talk about the very fact you're five and zero now. You really haven't. You guys uh, haven't played. I think you were saying too with your best basketball yet. And you look up and you're five and zero. Your first conference game. How does it feel to not be playing your best basketball, but you're still winning? Find ways to win. Yeah, it feels good, but uh, it shows that we got a lot to work on still. Like we can't get comfortable with winning. We still gotta figure out work on our work on our our, our, our bad points. Just get better for next week. You know, conference coming up, so we know it's gonna be a harder challenge. So we just trying to stay undefeated. Brandon, these late game situations you guys are in back to back games. How much does this kind of pay dividends and get you guys experience down the road for games similar to this? Yeah, it gives us a lot of experience, especially from last year. Because last year, like as y'all know, we, we lost a lot closer than the game because we was a young team. We didn't know how to finish, but it, it, it's kind of good that we're going through this now, so we can learn how to win at the end of the games. Y'all good. All right, Brandon Suggs here. Big win again for the Pirates, 73-67 over UNF. And, guys, uh, the next game is Wednesday night. So, just uh, we have a, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up in a second. But uh, knowing you guys both know Coach Dooley, what do you think he's going to be doing between now and, obviously, they leave on Tuesday is a travel day. It's a quick turnaround. Really, uh, for fans, they don't realize, but this is a really quick turnaround for when you got your first conference game. It's on the road, and you only have a few days before you leave. Well, just just knowing Coach, um, he's already been preparing them for for some things that that SMU already do. Um, he's already done different type of drills, put them in different situations that they're going to see at SMU without them even knowing. And now, now that that they passed North Florida, they can start focusing in on SMU, but it won't be as as tedious and and hard because they've already been planning for them without them even knowing. I'm sure they ran some sets and some plays in tonight's game in situations that they may not have run had they not had SMU, uh, you know, next week. So he's probably was trying some stuff and doing some things defensively and offensively tonight. Uh, you could hear from his post-game comments. He's already talking about their length and, you know, the skills and stats that they have. So he's, he's ahead of the game. It's going to be a tough week of practice. He's going to focus everybody. He's going to remind them, yeah, you're 5-0, and but you haven't accomplished anything. All he cares about is 1-0 right now in the American. That's all he cares about. And how do we win the game? Uh, what are your keys to victory for both of you? And uh, we'll put a graphic and get out of here. We got to rebound well. We got to continue to shoot well. And like Tony said, defense travels. Uh, SMU is a big boy team. Uh, we but we can go in there and we can compete with them. Uh, you know, we saw that the first year, uh, two years ago, uh, Dooley's first year, we really came out and I think we got blown out in the first half. I may have it flipped, but and then we competed either the first half or the second half. 
we just got to put a whole game together. We're five and zero. Oh, we can all agree we have not played a complete game. Now it's time to go out and do it. I think the keys to me is is going to be sharing the basketball, but biggest thing is cutting down cutting down on the turnovers, cutting down on turnovers, and focus on getting defensive stops. All right, and by the way, before I forget, can we call you Pops or Anil? Um, congratulations <laughs> for being a grandpa. Now I forgot to. Uh, I've been waiting all this time, and I was going to say early on in the show, and I just realized we're getting ready to get out here. Uh, congratulations on being a grandpa, and uh, what can we call you now from now on? I'm Pappy. That's my name. I'm a Pappy. Pappy. So, yeah, I'm a Pappy. So uh, it's great. You forget. I'm like, you know, I don't know how I raised all my kids. You forget how hard it is to have a baby. You know, you're like, holy cow. Even you held them for 10 minutes. You're like, man, how did I do this? So you forget real fast. But it's a, it's a true joy. Uh, being a grandparent's a true joy because you can enjoy them and give them back. I, Neil, I, I want I want to say congratulations, but I was about to say that if you didn't, you can always enjoy the baby, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know you can always give them back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Bubba, we'll put that uh, we'll put that graphic I know you have up here, and uh, game is coming up next Wednesday night, eight o'clock. Again, guys, another game on the ESPN Network. Again on ESPN Plus, our very first conference game, and uh, good luck to the Pirates on the road as they leave again on Tuesday, travel down uh, to Dallas to take on SMU, the Mustangs. So good luck to the Pirates. And I just want to give uh, Tony and Neil, you guys mean a lot to us. Thank you so much for everything you did for Pirate Basketball. It uh, it feels so good. I can't wait to go to work tomorrow. Um, you know, the, it's something about uh, I feel so much lighter now to all the wins and uh, people say, hey, your Pirates won, your Pirates won. It's kind of refreshing now with, uh, with Pirate Basketball to have that great feeling at the water cooler, so to speak. Right. I, 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 it's probably been a long time for you, but you can go to the water cooler and get your water and probably say that you're the best school. You're the best team in North Carolina right now. That's right. <laughs> thank, thank you guys for everything you do for the university, not just for the basketball team, for, for all the sports you guys put in, you know, you Bubba, you guys all put in a ton of time uh, behind the scenes and trying to, you know, set stuff like this up and you, know, you guys have really invested in this too. So, you know, you guys are helping make ECU what ECU is going to be as well. We enjoyed this labor of love and Bubba is uh, the guy that uh, I created a monster. I'm a guy that's produced radio for a long time and a DJ and a host and I've done it all. And he asked me, I'll tell you the story real fast. He asked me, how do you do it? He said, how do you do it? How do you get all the guests? It's, it's very simple. It's Keep numbers. Game. What's that? <laughs> no. He said, I said, it's the numbers game. I said, it's like asking a girl on a date. If you want a date for Friday or Saturday night, you got to ask a whole bunch of girls out and hope that one or two of them will, will say yes. And uh, that's the same thing with booking a show is that uh, you hope that you get the Tony Farms, the Neil Punts on the show. And, and uh, we were, we, we went a hundred percent tonight. So gentlemen, thank you so much. It means a, a lot. And I hope you guys will come back on overtime. And I know we may have gone overtime with you guys, but a very special night in pirate basketball history. I, I enjoy myself, and anytime you, anytime you guys need me on, I'm, I'm more than welcome to come on. Yeah, we appreciate it. No doubt, Bubba. Thank you for very much, uh, for and thanks to all that you do, my friend. I'll let you uh, close out the show. I really don't have anything else. I really appreciate you. Guys. I appreciate you guys coming on. I love talking pirate basketball with you, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly have you back on down the road this season. Sounds great. 
All right. Well, sounds great. Guys, we'll have a great weekend and enjoy it. And uh, certainly we'll have our pre uh, preview coming up uh, early next week. Until the meantime, you've been watching and listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates.